The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Thank you about Loa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Here we go again. Georgia, Alabama, and meeting in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. As you just heard that call from Chris Fowler on ESPN, when Tua Tonga-Valoa made the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime during that 2018 National Championship victory, that come-from-behind victory where the Crimson Tide was able to close it out 26-23 to and capture another national title. So, of course, we have this week Georgia-Alabama, number three-ranked Bulldogs, number two-ranked Crimson Tide. Of course, it's not only the game of the SEC this week, but it's the game of the college football week in its entirety. So, uh, I decided to talk to a fan from each school, hear their thoughts, hear what they're uh, thinking about going into this another exciting matchup that we hope it's going to be a classic just like some of the others have been as well. So first up, you're going to hear from Jeremy Holden from Madison, Alabama. He's been on the sweet spot several times, and he decided to come back again to talk about his Crimson Tide as they prepare for their huge matchup against the Georgia Bulldogs. Jeremy, man, welcome back to the sweet spot. How's it feel to be back on the show? Man, I'm glad to be back, Corey. Anytime I can talk to you, uh, especially about sports, you know I look forward to that. So just happy to get the chance to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm glad to have you as a guest on the show again. You know, you've been on several times, and you always provide good content, man. So I know you'll do the same today. Now, you know, of course, we have Alabama-Georgia this Saturday. We'll get into that game later in the conversation, but tell me, Who's your favorite player to ever come through Tuscaloosa? Uh, my favorite one is I'm a big Amari Cooper fan, um, so I would probably say him. Um, I'm sure there are some other defensive players that I'm overlooking, Minka Fitzpatrick being one. Mm-hmm. But one you may not um, – I think I've talked to you about this before. One you may – people may not remember, but Courtney Upshaw is one of my favorites uh, – kind of under the radar he was big when he was there but I don't think you'll get many people to say him but he was one of my favorite players too there so it's hard to pick one but those three are probably my top three man you know uh Bama's had you know an immense level of talented players to come through and I'll be honest you know about Eight to ten years ago, I didn't like none of the players that were still in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> like now, when they graduated and moved on to the NFL, I I could become fans of the you know former Tide players like Mark Ingram, uh, yeah. you know AJ McCarron. Like, but when they were when they were in Tuscaloosa, boy, I did not like those guys at all. But now, <laughs> you know, now I've matured in my respect for the <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide, so it's easier to root for those guys when they're still currently playing yeah. for the University of Alabama. Now, tell me, who do you have as a current favorite on the Crimson Tide football team? Uh, current favorite, I would probably easily, uh, Jalen Waddle, man. Yeah. Even last year, you know, the, the wide receiving group, you know, we talked about, you know, who was the best ones, and he would be always be the one that I say would be my favorite. So, man, he's just so electrifying, and you just – He's a big game player, and I think 
one thing about him, he's actually underrated as a true receiver. Like, he actually catches the ball well in traffic. So, man, he's just one of my favorites uh, on the current roster. And I'm sorry, Corey, but I have to add Jalen Hurts to the previous yeah, group. Yeah. I can't leave him out. So, uh, I got to make sure I put him in uh, one of my favorites as well. Yeah, I thought about that, too. I said, man, he didn't say Jalen <laughs> or Tua. But, like, uh, yeah, those two guys, man, were amazing. And, like, you can't – I don't care who you root for, who's your team. You can't – not like Jalen and Tua, I mean, just two exactly. stand-up guys to be right there at the same time together and be, uh, you know, selfless when they could have, you know, just done whatever was, uh, you know, what they wanted to do and not what was best for the team. And, yep. you know, I'm, I'm huge fans of both of those guys, and I hope they have tremendous success in the NFL. Now, you talked about Jalen Waddle, man. I love that dude. Like, he is just so electric. Just anytime the ball is in his hands, he can take a slant, you know, or a hitch to the house. Like, it doesn't matter, yeah. a kick return or a punt return. Like, I love watching him play, man. That punt return he had against LSU last year, the kick return he had in the Iron Bowl. And I love that celebration he kept doing against the Tigers in the <laughs> Iron Bowl with his hands on his hip, man. Like, like this is this is, this is is easy to me, man. You know, that, yeah. that but that dude is so awesome, man. And he, I just love watching him get an opportunity to play on Saturday. So, I had a feeling that would be your favorite because that's definitely – Oh, yeah. My number one favorite player on the current team for the Crimson Tide. Now, Alabama started the season by dominating Missouri 38-19. They followed that by a 52-24 beatdown against the Aggies. But Ole Miss gave the Crimson Tide a bit of a scare last weekend. I mean, what were your thoughts, uh, you know, after that Ole Miss game and what has been your thoughts in general through the first three I think like any other Bama fan, it was a lot of frustration after that game. That was probably the the worst victory uh, in, in quite a few years. Um, you almost felt like it was a loss. But uh, I think the first game, I think, you know, we thought, okay, maybe the defense may be getting back on track this year. And even in the second game against A&M, you saw a lot of uh, broken assignments, uh, missed tackles. So you've you seen some signs there. But then Ole Miss, number one, that offense and that speed that they play with, it just kind of all fell apart that game. And uh, I think everybody's kind of concerned about their defense. I don't think every team can do that, but you still seen a lot of things that, that cause concern as far as just defending consistently, um, a lot of open receivers. And in the past few years, it seemed like you can attack the middle of the field against Bama. But against Ole Miss – it seemed like they attacked everywhere. And the most mm -hmm. disheartening thing, man, is they ran the ball. And it's like they stopped passing. They was like, okay, we're just going to run down the field on these guys. And you don't see anybody mm -hmm. do that too often. So that was probably the most discerning thing about it. Yeah, like you mentioned, that's, you usually don't see anything run on a Bama defense effectively i mean they may try and that may be their bread and butter but if you're going to come through with a victory over alabama you're going to have to be able to pass and pass mm -hmm. it downfield because you're not taking a a 12 play drive and scoring six you better have some chunk plays if you want to beat alabama but like you mentioned man it was it was weird to see but i i tell you honestly in that old miss game it I, I had a couple of people uh, that I know they were concerned about Bama defense, you know, on Sunday morning at church. They're like, Corey, you got to answer for the defense? And I'm just like, man, honestly, <laughs> anytime Bama goes against a no-huddle, hurry-up spread, yeah. they struggle yeah. with it. So, they I do. can't 
I can't put it all that it's Alabama that that they're not good. We don't know yet, but I think Lane Kiffin they drew up a perfect game plan. They they held on to certain uh, looks that yeah. you didn't see in the first three quarters, and all of a sudden you see the option, and it's just like man, like y'all y'all really holding on to that one too. So <laughs> I think Lane Kiffin pulled out all the stops that he could and try to get that W in Oxford. And, you know, somebody else mentioned that, man, Alabama's just struggled in Oxford too over, you know, the last five, six years. That, you know, it's just been a weird place to play, especially, uh, you know, with fans, you know, usually being there. But, yeah, I don't think it's too much to really worry about as of yet. Like, I just think Lane Kiffin and the Rebels – with that talent, because they do have some talented players in the running back mm-hmm. with Snoop Connor and, and E. Lee, man, and, and Matt Corral played a, a great game. I th- if they had any kind of defense, we we would probably be singing a different <laughs> tune right now. But they just would couldn't be. get enough stops in that game and, and definitely, uh, you know, gave Alabama a run for their money. So I'm joined by Jeremy Holden of Madison, Alabama, to talk about his Crimson Tide. Now, Jeremy – we know anytime going into the Iron Bowl, there's a special group of nerves that set in. But describe your emotions going into a matchup with Georgia. Are they very similar to playing the Tigers, or is it a totally different feeling? Uh, no disrespect, but right now, I don't have those feelings yet. Now come Saturday morning, they may come. Um, even after, like I say, the old Miss game and the way the defense looked, I know this will be a different animal. It's more of a, a game for the Alabama defense the, for the style of play that uh, Georgia plays. So um, not taking anything away from Georgia because I, I think they have a really good chance to come in there and win as well. But, yeah, I don't get that same feeling with Auburn. It's just with Auburn, you know anything could happen and uh, just the craziest things will and can happen. So, yeah, it's not quite that same feeling. And, again, there's no disrespect to Georgia because I think they are a very good team, great defensively. But I think the offense may play in the hands of the defense if the defense can make tackles. <laughs> man, uh, you know, I, I was – I'm not going to ask him this question about it becoming a rivalry because it is a rivalry, but it's not the same as yeah. the Iron Bowl. But it's still one of those, like – because you don't play every year. So when you do mm-hmm. get a chance to meet, it's like, man, we may not see them again for another three years or four years. So it's like you want to win that game. Uh, and, you know, it's totally different from – that in-state rival against Auburn where if you lose it, man, you're going to hear about it from your family yep. and friends, coworkers. Every opportunity they get, they're going to rub it in your face for a full 364 days leading up to that next opportunity those two teams play. Now, before we get into this year's Alabama-Georgia matchup, take me through your emotions from start to finish in that 2018 overtime victory where Tua – came back to lead the Crimson Tide to another title? Man, that was uh, – going in, we were confident. And, you you know, I think in the Clemson game, we heard rumblings of Tua May play that Clemson game. Actually, I was walking to the game, and we heard people talking about, you know, Tua's going to play today. And so the emotions going into the Georgia game, you were, you were hoping, okay, I think we can get this uh, as long as we move the ball. But the way it started out, you know, the offense struggled. Uh, defense gave up some plays, but they didn't give up a ton of points, which kept us in the game. So there was some nerves starting to build at halftime. And then even when Tua came in at the half, um, it didn't start off explosive. But, you know, you could see things starting to come. But, man, as you say, it was an emotional roller coaster 
because it seemed like we had a chance to ice the game in regulation. Uh, and, and the foot comes back to bite us, mm -hmm. as usual, the kicker. Um, and then, you know, even getting a big sack in overtime, you're like, okay, this is our chance to win. And, and they kick a big-time field goal to put them up. And, of course, the sack on tour. Mm -hmm. And just like Saban was going crazy, I'm sure all Bama fans was going crazy in their homes and in the stadium. So, and just the next for the next play to be such a, a, a big-time touchdown play to win the game man I, I was running through the house crazy i'm sure i woke my my wife and son <laughs> up so man it like i say that it took you through a wave of emotions but uh it was good to come out on top that one <laughs> man i'll tell you what i was um i didn't have cable here at my apartment at the time so i'm at a a local establishment uh watching the the end of the alabama georgia game and man I'm sitting here, and I had to use the restroom. And and I was like, okay, I can't leave any time in the fourth quarter. I don't want to miss any play. Like, it could be that game-defining moment. So, once it got to the last few seconds, Bama's kicker comes out. He misses the kick. That place is going insane. You know, people just running around and yelling and stuff. I was like, okay, now I can finally go to the restroom. I'm walking to the restroom. And I just started seeing tears flying and the table flip over. And I was just like, you got to be kidding. These guys are fighting over this game, which I wasn't totally surprised, you know, because anytime you have football and some drinks involved, you know, people are going to uh, not be in their right mind. So, man, yeah. I kept walking out the door and I was like, I'm going to miss this game because I can't stay here. I don't know what they finna get into inside the building. So I uh, text my brother and uh, he had the direct TV app. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, just download the app, and you can watch the rest of the game. I was like, all right. I was like, let me go ahead and hurry up and get home, and I can watch the game. Man, I'm probably on the road five minutes, ten minutes. And he was like, man, Bama won a game. I was like, what do you mean? Like, what are you talking, what are you talking about, Bama won a game? And so to come to see how that overtime unfolded, man, I was – I was disappointed because I didn't get a chance to see it, man. Like I thought I had amazing. enough time to get home real quick and and see the 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 ending of the game. But man, what a what a way to finish that season, especially you know Tua coming in to save the gate to save the day to uh, find Devontae Smith for that touchdown. Now we talked about that 2018 national championship matchup. <laughs> now this week. Number three, Georgia. Number two, Alabama. 7 p.m. on CBS. Tell me, who do you have winning the game, and why would that team win? I like to try to be non-biased. So, I, I you know, I, I, as I said earlier, I think Georgia does have a very good chance to, to come in and pull it out, as well as their defense has played um, and the struggles that the Alabama uh, defense has had. But I just think, the Bama offense, man, it's been a machine so far this year. And they just got the running game going. And I know part of that was Ole Miss uh, lack of defense. But I'm hopeful that the, 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 the running game can still be, you know, solid, if not elite still. Um, it's going to be a, a tall task against Georgia's defense. But I think we'll still move the ball. And I think the defense will play much better against that Georgia offense. So uh, I don't think it'll be a shootout. But I, I do think Bama will win. I'll probably say 31-24. I'll go with that. Now, we know how good Georgia's defense is. Uh, they've proven to be a very stout defense as of yet. 
but is there any part of that offense that concerns you going into this matchup? Um, as I said, the running game, the first two games, for, for some real reason, it, it wasn't uh, clicking. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you remember last year, you asked me one of the surprises, and I told you, to me, it was Najee Harris because he came in with the hype, but I didn't think he was playing well. Um, and then, you know, he had started it, – it had started clicking at some point last year. This year, I don't think it's been his fault. Um, we have a, a what was touted as a, a big-time a returning offensive line so I thought that, you know, if anything, that would be good. Um, so to, it, I would still say it's a running game because I think the receivers with Devontae Smith and Jalen Wilder that got that on lock, I think Mac Jones has been, man, he's been excellent. Um, and I think a lot of us thought he would be good, but how uh, accurate and consistent he's been, his completions percent has been out the roof. Um, and they're not just dump passes. Some of them are deep passes. So, I think the running game against that Georgia defense is going to be the big, um, the, the the thing that decides the game, how it's going to go. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man, because, you know, Najee Harris had a career day. Even though he had his first career fumble, he still yeah. had a career day on top of that. So hopefully that fumble's not in the back of his mind, which I don't think it would be. But, you know, maybe uh, sometimes as, you know, athletes, you want to be perfect and you're like, man, I shouldn't fumble that one ball, but – to have five touchdowns, 206 uh, yards on 23 carries, I mean, he had a well of a day. And then, you know, Mac Jones yeah. went 28 of 32. You mentioned about his completion percentage, 28 of 32, 417 yards for two touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, that running game will need to be there to at least keep, you know, keep the Georgia defense honest. But Mac mm -hmm. Jones, boy, Mac Jones is definitely balled out. And I – I'm not totally surprised. I think we saw enough in the yeah. end of the season last year to really see like he has some potential, but he has really elevated his game uh, in this 2020 season. Man, Jeremy, we'll see exactly how it plays out. I'm uh, super excited for this highly ante anticipated matchup between these two schools, and, you know, uh, I'll definitely be right here in front of the TV just like everybody else will, man, watching the number three Bulldogs take on the number two Crimson Tide Saturday night. 7 p.m. on CBS. You've been listening to Jeremy Holden from Madison, Alabama. Jeremy, good luck to your Crimson Tide this weekend, man, and I truly appreciate you always being an awesome guest on The Sweet Spot, man. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Corey. Hey, this is Jack Martin for the Troy Trojans. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at DennyVision.com or phone 334-793-2633. 
Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Hey, this is Rosie Robinson, former Wicksburg Panther. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on The Joy FM Sports. Stafford wants it all. Got it. Touchdown. Mikey Henderson on the first play from scrimmage. What a beautiful throw by Stafford. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa. As you just heard that audio from the 2007 game between Georgia and Alabama, where the Bulldogs took down the Crimson Tide in overtime, 26 to 23. That was an amazing game on that Saturday night on ESPN with Mike Patrick and Todd Blackledge making the call. I mean, I love Mike Patrick. Like he was, he was just a classic. You just, I mean, just give you a nostalgic feeling when you hear some of his broadcasts because, like I said, I remember on Saturday nights, it was always a thrilling game, whether it was Bama playing or Arkansas or Auburn or Georgia. Mike Patrick and Todd Blackledge was the duo to make that call for that ESPN Saturday night game. So uh, that was a thriller in one of the uh, exciting games in this Georgia-Alabama rivalry. And so to continue this talk of this upcoming matchup the 2020 version between these two teams you heard from jeremy holden fan of the crimson tide and now you're about to listen to nathan spivey originally from douglas georgia currently residing in dothan alabama to talk about his georgia bulldogs and see if they can end that five game skid against the crimson tide nathan welcome to the sweet spot man how are you doing today awesome man just hanging out Dude, I'm glad I could have you on the show, man. Uh, you know, of course, we have Georgia-Alabama this weekend, and we'll talk about that game later in the conversation. But tell me, who's your all-time favorite player to suit up for the Bulldogs? Oh, man. Uh, there's so many, so many to talk about. But uh, there's ones from, like, the past before I was uh, – when I was a kid – barely alive and that's Herschel Walker and but I know mostly about him from from video and and stories and and recordings so obviously most Georgia fans are going to say Herschel Walker and then there's your defensive players you got all the the Baileys you got Mm -hmm. Champ Bailey Boss Bailey and there's a couple other Bailey boys but those are the two the two ones that I actually saw play in person and then, and then David Pollock. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, a slew of running backs. And I remember, uh, I remember when uh, we had a red shirt freshman come on the scene. I was actually about the time when I was actually going up. I, I went did my undergrad up in Georgia, and uh, we had that red shirt freshman. His name was Noshawn Marino. Mm-hmm. And he was something special. Got to see him play in person, but. Um, just had numerous play- players, and then uh, and then 
recently uh, um, just the whole defense. But, yeah, I'd say probably Sean and David Pollock. Man, you know, you hit it on the head with those slew of running backs, as you said. Man, Georgia has had running back after running back after running back, and they usually keep two in the backfield at the same time, man. So uh, they always are a force to be reckoned with when it comes to running backs. But, you know, I kind of echo the same sentiments where you talked about Herschel Walker, like, you know, me being an Auburn grad and being an Auburn fan. Of course, you know, people, most their most uh, favorite player is Bo Jackson. Well, I wasn't really around at the SIBO. So, like you said, all you can go by is from video and what you see on tape. But as far as what I've seen and what, you know, being old enough to understand the game of football, like my all-time favorite Auburn player is Carnell Williams, man. Cadillac was, was that guy, man. And so he is my all-time favorite. I know most people probably wouldn't say him. They would probably either say, you know, Cam Newton or, or Bo Jackson. But but for me, kind of like you said, being able to watch it and see it in, in person, you know, Carnell Williams would be my, my all-time favorite Auburn Tiger. Now, I know we're only three games into the season, but tell me – what excites you most about this year's Georgia football team? I think there's there's uh, the most is the defense. I've I've watched a lot of Georgia football and um, went through the times with Willie Martinez when it was that bend but don't break kind of defense. They mm-hmm. would practically the other teams would get it to to our own to our thirty five yard line or inside the thirty five, and then we'd try to force them for a field goal instead of just imposing our will on us, which we saw, you know, ever since the Saban era, Alabama was doing that, you know. I mean, he didn't even want to give up a yard, much less a first down. And so this is the – from what I've just seen as far as the depth and also from the starters down to maybe the third string, this is the deepest I've ever seen Georgia's defense without – I just don't see any holes on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, also – even with LeCount, which is our probably – he's like the quarterback of our defense. Mm-hmm. The safety, number two. I mean, he went out like maybe – I think it was before half because he's going to get to play this game. But he went out uh, – I mean, in the Auburn game, he went out. And it's like we didn't even miss a beat. We just plug and play, man. And that's that 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 speaks to Kirby Smart, not only the way he coached, but the talent that he's gathered in Georgia that we've never seen before, not just – play like each position we have like boom 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 you know like uh on defense and then on offense one thing that excites me is at times i've seen these different quarterbacks whether they're highly rated or whatever coming in but you just look in their eyes and it seems like the moment's too big for them and that's Mm -hmm. i'm speaking specifically for georgia quarterbacks down from aaron murray to david green to uh to even uh, even Jake Fromm, you know, it just seemed like he, they kind of let the moment get away from him. They start doing silly stuff that's uncharacteristic to to their to their ability, and just maybe throwing picks or or uh, you know getting taking a sack when you shouldn't take one. But so far, I mean, I've stared Stetson Bennett in the eyes, and he just, I mean, everybody said he doesn't look like he belongs there. He does, you know, his his if you look at his three-star, two-star rating coming out mm-hmm. of southeast Georgia, Blackshear, Georgia. I mean, he's I think he's 5'11 and 190 pounds at best. <laughs> but you look in, you look in the eyes, you look him in the eyes in these games so far, 
And um, I haven't seen him. I have I haven't seen fear. I mean, and he's steady. Like whatever play, whatever he does, and that excites me. I'm not afraid that, and and I may be proven wrong the first play of the game uh, Saturday night. But I've just we've never had a quarterback that I've seen just be that confident. And I've I've watched a lot of Georgia football, and his he's just steady ahead, and uh, he doesn't get real high or low. He's just steady. He doesn't get down on himself. He doesn't get down on his players. And I think last year the offense struggled mightily. And at times I'd see DeAndre Swift, who's an amazing talent and a tough player. It seemed like him and Jake Fromm would just kind of argue, like, in between the plays, you know. And uh, and so far I haven't seen that, you know. Uh, and we've had some adverse, adversity also. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the Arkansas game where we scored like five points in the first, yeah, the, uh-huh. yeah five points. It was, I guess, seven to five. And then at one point it was 10 to five. So mm-hmm. like, and like one of these baseball games, but yeah. then, um, but he just never, he just came in and calmed him down. And even in the, um, even in the Auburn game was pretty much whatever. I mean, it's just, it was kind of a strange game. I've never seen Georgia play that complete game like that. And then last week, the second play of the game, the center hikes it 10 feet over his head and they end up getting seven points within 30 seconds, uh, you know, a defensive touchdown, but he just got back in there and just did his normal thing. So that'll be interesting to see against a, a top quality team that we know Alabama is. Now, Nathan, of course, Georgia has rivals like Auburn, Florida, Georgia tech and Tennessee. But speaking of that Alabama team, you just mentioned, where would you rank them as far as rivalries go? Okay, I would say the rivalry to me and go. I'm I'm uh, unlike uh, unlike a lot of fans for different teams or whatever. Like I probably grew up a Florida State fan because I grew up in Southeast Georgia. So um, they were winning. They had Bobby Bowden. They had just teams after teams after teams. So the '90s when I was growing up. I was a bandwagon Florida State fan. No other reason than I was regionally close to them. Yeah. But I had no family ties to it or whatever. So I grew up Florida State fan. It was an easy thing to be. And I think I think the other side that we're playing this weekend has tendencies too. I mean, I can't blame them. I'd be a Bama fan too if I didn't have my ties to Georgia, you know. And But after going to undergrad up there and spending a couple of years in Athens and just the environment and excitement and Mark Rick came along, I mean, I'm all Georgia. Like, I don't. I really don't even keep up with Florida State now. But, uh, but I'm all Georgia. I mean, I was born, mm-hmm. born and raised there. I came home from the hospital in a Georgia onesie, Georgia <laughs> Bulldog onesie. And that that same year, I was one. I just turned one when they won the national championship, and that's a yeah. little embarrassing too, because that was the last <laughs> national championship. But speaking of, so number one rival rivalry to me is Florida. Like that's that's the that's our East rival. Mm-hmm. As far as competition and competitive, it's it's gonna be it's definitely uh it's definitely gonna be um, Alabama. And let me tell you, the last time we beat Alabama, I was there. It was in Tuscaloosa, and Matt Stafford threw an over, overtime touchdown to I, I think it was Mikey Henderson. Mikey Henderson. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I was there. I was in in, in the opposite end zone at the wow. game, and that's the and that's the last time we beat them. That was Nick Saban's first year. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, we we tried to do the blackout, and we got blacked out. Yeah. And then uh, they they came to Athens and just destroyed us. I was not at that game, yeah, but I was the, in Gainesville. I was living in Gainesville, then Florida, and I think they scored thirty on us before I can even blink my eye. Mm-hmm. And then you know we had the SEC championship game, 
and with uh, Aaron Murray and the four yard four yards from the end zone. Yeah. I mean, we lost by four, I think. I was at that game. Then they came to Athens again, and it rained and it rained. But they were a better team than us. They just, I mean, they they looked they were strong. They just they were just better, you know. And they just they manhandled us. And I actually never leave games, but it was soaking down. My it was so wet, my socks were soaked inside yeah, my shoes. Man, so me and my wife we left. Georgia came out through a pick, through a pick six right after halftime, and they were already up by enough to it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So we just got our stuff and left. And then, and then we know about the national championship game, which I was already, you know, had already counted that one out. And they obviously did what they did. And then that was the, the birth of Tua. So we, we had to hear that forever. And then, obviously, the SEC championship game. But what one thing, and so I would say a competitive, like a real a rivalry, like as far as like championship rivalry, for me, is Alabama. Like mm-hmm. right now, like it's time. Um and am I confident it's going to happen? No, I'm not. I just they have to do it before I believe it. Georgia has to beat them before I believe it. And I'm I'm not. A, I don't talk trash. I don't uh, I don't say anything. I just speak the truth. But I yeah. think our defense is going to be enough to at least make it a ball game. And then uh, another thing is who's Bryce Young? You know, mm-hmm. do they have that? And so so far, Tua came in one time and. <laughs> Just destroyed us. And then guess who came in the SEC championship? SEC championship game. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So yeah. so what's what's this Bryce Young all about? I think that's his name. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're right. That's him. So what what is he all about? So I'm nervous about that too. But uh Man. I don't know. That's then that's that's kind of what I feel about the rivalry and the and the last however many times we played Alabama. But um but we got saving once, but um but Mark Rick wasn't his old coach. I mean, didn't coach, you know, didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's twenty-one and zero against his uh, against his former employees. So, so it's big yeah. on a lot of reasons, man. It's big on a lot of things, and just the season in general. So I'm joined by Nathan Spivey, originally from Douglas, Georgia, currently residing in Dothan, Alabama, to talk about his Bulldogs. And you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit, and of course, this Saturday. The Bulldogs take on the Crimson Tide in another highly anticipated matchup between the two schools. But if Georgia's going to leave Tuscaloosa with a victory, what is it going to take for them to get that done? I really think just I, – I, I mean, I, so they were talking about earlier about Mac Jones and, um, like, his – they I, and I, I assume Alabama's got some studs. I saw I know Leatherwood, and I'm sure there's some other just five star, six star, seven star, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> offensive linemen, just 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 bulldozers. But uh, I don't think he's been pressured much this year. So um, I, I'm just interested to see what happens when he gets some pressure on him. And I know I, I hope I hope I think that's going to be big part of the um, if we do have success, is getting pressure on the quarterback. I don't really know how mobile he is. He's actually impressed me. You know, he stands pretty straight up in the pocket, but he—he's—he's uh, he's nifty. You know, he—he doesn't—he's not sluggish. You know, what I mean, actually, I felt like Jake Fromm when he was quarterback at Georgia, like the first year, he had a lot more kind of maneuverability than the second and third year. In the third year, he couldn't even like he—if he, he—if he got if somebody touched him, he was going down. Yeah. You no, know, so but I feel like Mac. I mean, Matt Jones is personally. 
I mean, when he came in after two, I was like, their season's over last year. Mm-hmm. But and then I was like, oh, it's just the receivers. You know what I mean? I mean, I mm-hmm. could throw it up in the air and let them run it or catch it. But um, he's definitely impressed me. And uh, and he, I mean, he was highly, he was highly, rec- I don't know if he's highly recruited, but I know he's a highly rated quarterback coming out yeah. of uh, high school. And the fact that he stuck with Alabama, he's playing for not only, obviously, Mac Jones, but he's playing for Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, and, and, and uh, going and looking on our side of the ball, and something else that's important for us to have any success Saturday night is Stetson Bennett. I mean, you've heard of his story. Stetson Bennett, the fourth, excuse me. But you've heard his story. Like, or I guess you have. Do you know anything about that young man? Yeah, man. I heard that he was at yeah. Georgia. He transferred out yeah. and then transferred back to Georgia, man. And exactly. he was far from, you know, considered to be the starter he, for this season. Bef- yeah, before um, before Newman before Newman transferred, mm-hmm. he was fifth string, man. Man. He was behind Carson Beck. Our, uh, <laughs> I guess Carson Beck's going to redshirt this year. Yeah. But, but he was behind him. So here we are with going into Alabama, Tuscaloosa, T Town, Title Town with uh with a fifth string quarterback. So no <laughs> way we're gonna win that game, right? <laughs> no way. But anyway, but I think if he just plays like he's been playing, don't do he's having trouble. He can't throw the ball deep. He doesn't have arm strength like uh like Mac Jones or or even Dewan uh, De- Mathis or whoever. So that's that's one of the problems I've seen with him so far. I think we've been he's been lucky not not it's been more because of luck than that we have he hasn't had picks and stuff because he's the, the receivers are having to come back to the ball on the deep passes, but on the passes across the middle or whatever he's hitting those pretty accurately. And uh, what people don't understand is a play, or maybe they do understand, but uh, but what some people may not understand that he's he's been playing scout boys with a scout excuse me a scout team with a lot of these younger receivers that are now maturing so he's throwing the ball to them for however long you know it's been like they practice and practice and practice and practice so they know his they know the arc of his ball they know the twist you understand what i mean by that yeah 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 so and these receivers are coming on pretty strong so I think if he plays steady and our defense do what they're supposed to be, we're going to stay in the game. And I think last time it was five, it went up to six. The spread did today. I'm sure that'll go jump up and down as people. I don't bet. I don't gamble. I I, I like to have something uh, concrete when I spend my money, mm-hmm. or I like to if whatever I spend it on, I like to either enjoy it or whatever. And personally, the opportunity to lose money is not enjoyable to me. No, no. I know enough. there's others that do, but I do. I, I do watch the line to kind of see what people are thinking. You know what I mean? Just a yeah. little bit, just to see. But um, on uh, on top of that, uh, we got these two young running backs, and uh, they they had a they had a pretty against Tennessee, and it's uh, McIntosh and uh, and I, one of them's Kendall and one of them's Kenny, and I get them mixed up. One of them, but it's McIntosh and then Milton, and um, they look pretty stout, man, pretty stout. One of them's a one of them's a sophomore, and one of them's a freshman. And the sophomore actually may be a red shirt because I don't know if he played in more than four games last year, if that makes sense. He may be yeah, a red, yeah. shirt, red shirt freshman. But uh, they did carry the ball kind of like a bread – we used to say a bread bag, like out – or a loaf of bread, like out away from their body instead of like a little baby. So that that bothers me is they one of them fumbled into our own lineman's hands, and that was just a lucky play because it was about 20 yards down the field. And the other one fumbled at the end of the game. So hopefully, if nothing else, they worked on ball security. But they look stout. I mean, like like Georgia running backs, you know. 
Man, yeah, Georgia so, could could have another. Like I mean, which was is not surprising at all. I mean, we alluded to the outstanding one-two punch that Georgia seems to always have, it's whether crazy. it's Noshawn Marino and Thomas Brown, yeah. uh, Sony Michelle and Nick. It's like Cubs. we got a lab somewhere. You know somewhere, what I mean? Just man, like just pumping two up, out at a time. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about this. Let me uh, let let me tell you. Chubb, I was at the game when they played Clemson. We had a couple of series with Clemson before Clemson was Clemson. They were just they were just becoming Clemson. I think we actually helped them become Clemson, mm-hmm. what they are now. But they, you know, Dabo was there with some of his earlier years. They had a uh, the uh, what's his name out in Texas in Houston. Uh, I can't even think of Deshaun. Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Mark Rick, Mark Rick whiffed on that man. That mm-hmm. was that was. I mean, so he's right there from Georgia. So they got him right out. And Trevor Lawrence too. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Nick Chubb's first touchdown, first round run the ball. He out, he he kicked it. His shoe came off, and he scored a touchdown with one shoe. Mm-hmm. And that's about a forty yard touchdown. Then that's mm-hmm. when I knew, I knew Nick Chubb was going to be something. Then yeah, you understand? Yeah. I knew yeah. it. I knew it was going to be something. And he and he still is. I hadn't hadn't heard much about his injury, and I know that's going off on a tangent. But Nick Chubb is the man. I mean, he looked. Be- I mean, I remember it was him, and even and uh, Todd Gurley was not even. Sp- Keith Marshall was supposed mm-hmm. to be the man. Mm-hmm. And you know, Gurley was mm, Gurley something different too. But uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I just try to. I've learned over the years of heartache, heart, heartbreak. Like I talked to you the other day about, it's just to kind of try to go into it with a, with tempered excitement and don't base my life around it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm giddy about it. I'm excited. We all get to experience this this game, Saturday. I mean, it's 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 gonna. I'm hoping it lives up to what the billing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, me too. I think it will. Now, Nathan, before I let you go, man, uh, if you can, give me your prediction for the game, man. What what's uh what the final result gonna be? Oh man, uh, well, you know what I want, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, our wants and our needs are different. You yeah. Know? So, so I definitely want Georgia to win, but if they lose, you know what? I'll go to sleep. I'll I'll go to sleep happy. Yeah. If it was a close, hard fought game. And I may not go to sleep as early as <laughs> I would. And I may not get great sleep, but I will be happy. Yeah. Knowing that the sun's gonna shine Sunday morning and everything's gonna be all right. And guess what? We get to play again the next week. Yeah. But I really think I really think that that I'm I just had the feeling that uh that Georgia's defense may just help us pull this off. And um, it just depends. And, and that, with the Bryce Young factor, for some mm-hmm. reason, I just feel like he's going to come out of nowhere. So, <laughs> I've just seen it to happen too many times. So I know when I watch a Georgia game, even even I, I watched it to the last second. And that's that's not just because of the Alabama history. It's just Georgia. And that's a lot of football teams. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. look at – I mean, a lot of games have been crazy this year. I just hope we get to play it with all this stuff coming out of Gainesville and – Vanderbilt and all these other places. I just hope we get to play the game this weekend. Yeah, me too. That's the last thing I want is for some reason this game is canceled or postponed. But I also want it to be legit. I want them to have all their people just as healthy as they can be, and I want Georgia to be just as healthy as they can be. And I don't want – and if we lose, there won't be one excuse coming from my house or from my Mm -hmm. mouth. You hear me? And if we win, then we win. But there will be no excuses, and and Kirby's that way. I love Kirby Smart because when he loses, he straight – he tells you – Exactly, you know he 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 don't he don't live on an excuse, you know, because and my even my wife like if we miss a field goal or don't go for a field goal or miss an extra point, 
you can't say, well, if we did that, if buts and whatever, like you didn't do it. It didn't happen. It does, that's gone. You got to move on. You know what I'm saying? Just like if we wouldn't have gave up that touchdown the other day or whatever, you understand my point. Mm-hmm. You just, uh, that really happened. But, uh, I'm pulling for Georgia and I hope we win. Yeah. I think we can, yeah. but will we? We'll find out Saturday night. We shall find out 7 o'clock Saturday night on CBS. Number three, Georgia takes on number two, Alabama. Nathan, man, thank you so much for coming through the sweet spot, man. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, man, my pleasure, man. I look forward to some more some more interviews and uh, and also just talk, uh, getting to know you more uh, as a friend, brother. Man, I appreciate you, man. You know I do. We'll, uh, we'll definitely catch up another time, and you know I'll have you on the show in the near future as well, man. Good luck to your Bulldogs this weekend and for the rest of the season. Thanks, man. Hope you, hopefully you don't have me on here crying and whining about the game Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, no, no. If if it doesn't if it doesn't go your way, man, I'll give you some time to to regroup and recover for sure. Nah, I'm like I said, I'm good, man. Like my 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 life used to revolve around mm-hmm. the outcome of sports, but now it revolves around my family, man. Yeah. They they my my kid, my wife and my kids, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Man, hey, that's 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 how it should be, man, and I commend you for that for real. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, man, take care, man, and uh, we'll see how it plays out this weekend. All right. Later, Corey. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game. Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa. As we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's closing comments, then this is what I want to share with you today. Some people have been sleeping on themselves too long. It's time to flip the pillow to the cool side. Recognize and realize who you are and your potential. Never allow anyone around you create negativity that hinders your dreams and goals. I think it's important that you know who you are, but more importantly, know whose you are. You are created 
by the Almighty God, the one who has created the heavens and the earth. And with him, anything is possible. He has a divine and specific purpose for each and every one of us. And God does not make any mistakes. So understand that you've been created by God. Know who you are and whose you are. And don't let anyone around you say anything or do anything that will distract you and take you out of God's perfect will for your life. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.